Welcome to the Uncommon Drive Podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozie. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Season 2 of the Uncommon Drive like Podcast. Like we are thrilled that you are back with us for another year and looking forward to what it means as we talk about all the stuff that impacts the way we live life, the way we lead others, and the way we leave a legacy to those that come behind us. Uh, my name is Chad Ozy. I am joined by Jeff Cross. How are you today, Jeff? I'm very well, very well. You know, something I didn't mention the last time we spoke. Um, what do you think of the old Tom Selleck mustache? Yeah, you are not yet at the Tom Selleck stage. <laughs> Um, you are, that's, that is a special level of that, facial hair that only of... the chosen can ever achieve yeah, yeah, and you're true. not quite there yet. Yeah. It's definitely, it's not even, uh, top gun. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. We're, we're not even at like Burt Reynolds level yet, you know, <laughs> much less Tom Selleck, man. We got We got to get there. I think we got a bad connection. I could have <laughs> swore you said it wasn't good. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm sporting the mustache, you know, in the off season facial hair. That's right. Yep. So sure it'll be all gone in a couple months so <laughs> absolutely how about you how are you doing you know what i am doing well it has been a crazy few weeks in the life of my family got kids back off to school mm. so they're both back in college uh, we've been in uh, kind of a temporary housing situation for a couple months while we've been waiting and we're just now weeks away from closing on our new home uh, which will be tons of work when we get in there but will be awesome to have a space where we can kind of be uh, spread out and uh uh, accomplish some of the things that we want to as a family. So we're looking forward to that. Are you anticipating moving in after closing or doing some remodel first and moving in? We, at first, there were like three things that we wanted to get done before we moved in. Yeah. But now it's been so long, we want to get the flooring done and we're in. We'll we'll paint around ourselves That's once we're right. in there. We'll yeah. deal with a couple of the other things after we get there. Yeah. But get that flooring in and and we're moving stuff in. If so, there's yeah. no leaks uh, leaks in the roof and uh, then we'll Even if the there are we got the buckets. We got buckets at this point. It's okay. In. That's right. All right. <laughs> That's fair enough. I, I know it's been a long time coming for you. Almost a year, right? That's right. It's been crazy. Yeah. 
But I tell you what, we, uh, we're we doing something today to kick off mm-hmm. season two of the Uncommon Drive with um, kind of a feature that we're going to hope to bring to you from time to time. Um, for those of you that know Jeff, Jeff claims to not like lists. Yeah, truth. Uh, he claims to not have goals. Truth. Um, but neither of those things are true. true. <laughs> he just calls them different things in his life. And it's become kind of a running joke with us. But, you know, um, we have used this word uncommon uh, with our podcast because that's truly what, what we want to be. We want to be uncommon as officials. We want to be uncommon as people. Um, and uh, there are aspects of daily life, uh, both on the court or on the field and off, uh, where we just need to find ways to be a little bit more uncommon. And so uh, from time to time, we're going to bring you some lists uh, for those of you that like lists. And hopefully this is helpful to you. And uh, maybe you've even found this podcast today after uh, seeing our little list mm-hmm. uh, out there on social media somewhere and, and clicking on and, and decided to, to come check out what we're doing. Uh, what you've seen is the is just the, the short answer. And uh, hopefully we're going to flesh those things out for you today as we talk about our four steps to uncommon strength. Mm. And uh, Jeff is always talking about toughness, Mm -hmm. strength, resiliency, tenacity, grit. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can use any of those words, I think, really uh, kind of in here. But what does it mean to have uncommon strength? So I'm just going to kick us off and then I'm going to pass it off to Jeff and let him begin kind of explaining uh, as uh, as we go through, but we've we've compiled this list and we're anxious to hear from you. So as you have questions as you're listening along, shoot us a message at Uncommon Drive Podcast at gmail.com. Number one of our steps to uncommon strength, Jeff, is accept fear. Mm. Whoa, I, I most of us we try to flee from fear, we Truth. try to run from fear, we mm. try to avoid fear, we try to mask fear. Mm. What do you mean by accept fear? Yeah, well, I mean, it is, I want to be perfectly clear before we get started. These are still things that I'm working on also. I think everyone needs to have these these type of bullet points, you know, whether they are on paper, on the chalkboard, or on the mirror in the bathroom, or in your head, like I do. But I think um, the more we keep those um, front and center, the better chance we have at at achieving uh, this uncommon toughness. So I think for, for me, fear, and if, if, you know, if I want to accept fear, um, I need to embrace it. Okay. I need to understand fear is at the beginning of a potential success. Fear is at the beginning of also a potential failure. Mm -hmm. And if I fail, guess what I do? I learn. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think we spend so much time, you know, as I've said many times, when we're when we're in our own head, we're behind enemy lines, and what causes us to get in our own head is the fear. Mm-hmm. You know, the fear of of if I go back, you know, a few weeks ago when the parade and it rained, if mm-hmm. my fear was that my my parade floats could have fall apart in the rain, then I wouldn't have went, mm-hmm. and then I think it ends up turning into regret. regret. Because if I would have, if I would have not went to that parade and not even went in front of 12 people in this parade because (laughs) of the rain, I would have regretted that. And it would have ruined, I don't want to say ruined my day, but it had the potential to ruin my day or ruin my week because 
all I was thinking about, all that, I was so scared of, I was so fearful of what people might think of my aluminum foil float and what people, uh, the rain might ruin it. And I just went for it anyway. So um, I think if we can accept it, it's a lot easier for us to uh, pile through some really difficult situations. Yeah. You know, I was reminded, a lot of us, when we think of fear, we think of that fight or flight mentality, yeah. right? Okay, we're afraid. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, okay, are we going to fight our way through this thing? Mm-hmm. Are we going to run away from it? Um, but I think what I'm I'm hearing you say, as you and I have had some conversations, is that for a lot of us, um, fight or flight, either one, is an action. So that's right. fear leading to action. And there's times when flight is the right action. I'm going to run away from that fearful thing because it's not healthy for me. It's not good. Mm -hmm. Okay. There are times when fight is the right action. I'm going to fight through this. It scares me to Mm -hmm. take this on, but I need to take this on because it's going to help me become who I need to be. But so if, if action is one direction that fear can lead me, the other place that fear can lead me is paralysis. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, I hear you talking about a lot. It's this idea that, okay, I'm afraid of something. I'm fearful of something. So I'm just not going to do anything. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm afraid to have that conversation with somebody. So I just don't have it. Right. Right. I'm afraid to, to go to a new camp because I'm afraid I might not get picked up. So I just won't go. Because if I don't go, then it's not that they didn't pick me up. I just wasn't there. Yeah, right. Right. You know, um, you tell me, how is it that that paralysis leads to that regret thing that you were talking about? Well, yeah, I want to go back to, you know, this this fight or flight scenario. You know, that was and that is something our body does go through often in, you know, way back in, you know, the caveman days. That's what they did. They followed or flight because they were getting attacked by things that would kill them all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, there was, you know, lions and bears and things like that, that they either they had a choice. You fight this lion or you flight, you run from it. What's what's the better choice? We're talking about non-life-threatening situations. Mm-hmm. It's not about, you know, it, this is, it, no, no one's going to die from you going to choosing to go to a experienced four-man camp in baseball mm-hmm. before you go to a two-man camp. You may not succeed, but you're not going, you don't have to worry about fighting or flighting. So... As you're saying, you know, what, what, what the paralysis does and how does it lead to regret? Is that what the question yeah. was? Yeah. So, you know, the, the paralysis does what, and this is just my, what I feel like I go through on a daily basis if I don't accept the fear. When I become paralyzed by it. So let's just say I become paralyzed by it for, I think of something that, that confronts me and it, it happens at 8 o'clock in the morning. Well, if I've become paralyzed by it for four hours, all I do is talk about how bad it could be and how bad it might be and how bad it is. And at the end of the four hours, I'm convinced that the worst thing possible could happen. I could lose my job. I could, you know, whatever. I could lose my car. All these things could happen when really that's far from the truth. I've convinced myself of that. So when we become paralyzed, we, we, that means we're just not moving, mm-hmm. but we're still thinking. And the longer we think about it, the longer we try and determine if what we should be doing is the right thing. And I'm fearful for it. Do I have enough courage to do it? I become more paralyzed and more paralyzed. And meanwhile, you've got no chance of beating it now. Um, so the sooner you can accept the fear, 
okay, this is a, this is a fearful thing, and it could be not fun at the end, but I'm going to accept it. And I, I often go back to, we discussed this before we started recording, but I often go back to the movie uh, Home Alone. Mm-hmm. If anybody's seen it, you know what I'm talking about. But I'm also going to say, if you haven't seen the Christmas movie Home Alone, I don't know if we can be friends. <laughs> you realize that a vast majority of the people that listen to our podcast were not born when Home Alone came out. I just, I want you to be aware of that, Jeff. Listen, it's still not my fault that your parents didn't raise you right and, and show you Home Alone. It's it, We live in the world of the internet. Two clicks and you got that, baby. Home Alone. There's a scene in the church where uh, the older gentleman with the shovel sits next to McCulloch Culkin. Um, and he's like, you know, why are you here? And, the, and he's like, uh, the old man said, well, this is the only chance I get a chance to see my daughter because I'm, or my granddaughter because I'm not friends with my daughter and son-in-law because we had a big fight. McCulloch Culkin asked him, why don't you call them? He goes, well, I'm afraid of what they might do if I call them. They'll be mad at me. McCulloch Culkin at eight years old says, well, at least you'll know. At least you'll know this. And it was such a great lesson that we can, you know, even though we may not get the answer we want, we at least know what the actual answer is. Mm-hmm. And I think I've heard people say that maybe even you, you know, the answer is always no if you don't ask it. Mm-hmm. So don't be fearful. Accept it. I don't say don't be fearful. I think fear is a good thing. But the sooner we accept it, the sooner we can go into the next steps of conquering it. Yeah, and you know, to to put a button on this point, this idea of accepting fear, I like. Um, you know, use the word embrace when we were talking about stuff or other things like that. But I, I love this idea of accepting fear because fear is natural. Mm-hmm. You know, fear is protective. Uh, when we when we experience that emotion, that's that's real. Whether it's trying a you know going and working a, a game in a new conference, mm-hmm. man, I'm. I'm a little fearful. You know, yeah, we might not use that. We might say I'm nervous. Well, mm-hmm. what is nervous? Nervous is a, a form of fear. Sure is. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and if I just accept that that's that's part of this new chapter, mm-hmm. well, now I can deal with it and I can move forward. Yeah. But if I just try to, like, oh, I'm not nervous. Well, well, yeah, you are. You know, don't don't let it paralyze you. Don't don't act like it doesn't affect you, but just accept it for what it is, and then move forward. That is displaying uncommon. Strength. Now, I, I think it leads really well, though, into um, our, our point number two of, of the steps towards uncommon strength, and that is pursue change. Now, Jeff, what I love about this is, you know, we've, we've been taught, uh, you know, okay, well, we need to accept change. You know, we talk about accepting fear, like it's a natural part, whatever. Uh, some people even say embrace change, you know, love change, whatever. I love this idea of pursuing change. Because if we're honest, things around us are changing all the time. Mm -hmm. And we live in a day and age now where they're changing faster than ever. And if I'm just waiting to accept change, then by the time I realize the change is there, it's already gone past me. True. Yeah. You know, we have to be pursuing what's what's the next step we need to take? What's the next thing we do? How, how does that look? What does that look like in your life to actually be pursuing change? Yeah. Um, if I'm just putting it in simple forms, you know, I, it, and we've talked about this before. When the rule changes come out, I'm like, awesome. Meanwhile, for the first three months, everyone's complaining about the rule changes and why they change it. I can't understand it. And I've already, 
understood them and now helping other people understand them. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to say that I'm pursuing that change, you know, but it's, it's not something that go, oh, geez, again, if we see change, it can paralyze us. Mm-hmm. And when it does, we're done. So if we can pursue different things, changes, um, pursue the opportunity to have change, pursue the, the reasons, you know, we don't know why we want to do a change. You know, if I take, if I take a certain route to work every day, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna take a different route. Mm-hmm. 99% of the people would say, why? Because maybe there's something that way. Maybe it might be shorter. I have a few extra minutes. Maybe there's a house for sale, or maybe there's a lawnmower. I've been looking for a lawnmower. You know, those kind of things. But I'll never know if I always stay within my little, my little mandatory things that I do. Um, so. That's what I like, you know, and I, I, we've spoken about cold showers before, mm-hmm. you know, I, we, we, uh, many people, I know yourself are like, yeah, I'm not on board, you know, and I wasn't really on board either till I did it once or twice. I'm like, Hmm, that's not so bad. Now I haven't like, I'm, I'm not out there taking cold showers every day, but I still think about them and I'm going, you know what? I think I'm going to take one this week or, or, you know, whatever the change might be. So if we can, uh, you know, use that where we're, you know, pursuing the change, it becomes so much easier to accept the change when it happens. Because instead of it being something that's forced upon us, mm-hmm. it's something we're looking for. Yeah. You know, you brought up at your basketball camp this year, uh, you had a camper that was there who's been there like every year the camp has been held. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and this is this is not somebody that's new to officiating. This is a seasoned veteran mm-hmm. official. Mm-hmm. And one of the statements that that official made after you guys had mentioned that is, well, he always he wants to stay up on on what's being expected. Yeah. You know, um, we've talked about Kelly Hill before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Kelly Hill, uh, you know, former Division One women's college basketball coach mm-hmm. transitioned into division one officiating mm-hmm. now works at other levels um but she's at camps as a camper yeah <laughs> when when she could be an instructor an evaluator right. you know but she's there as a camper and again it's because she wants to stay up on what's happening um i love it when when i see uh, guys come to baseball camps who I know work levels higher than what that camp may even be there for. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Hey, I, I just want to make sure I'm staying current. You know, if, if I end up having to work a two person game in the middle of the season, you know, mm-hmm. what if I'm on a three man crew and somebody goes down, right. You know, I, I want to know what the, the right way to do this is. And so that person is embracing change instead of, Oh, something happens. Well, Hey, this is where we're going to do it. Cause it's where I've always done it mm-hmm. now being like, Nope. I know the right way to do this because I've embraced the change. And and we see that all around us with technology. You know, oh, for yeah. people people that aren't willing to pursue change, you are going to get left behind. Mm-hmm. You're not going to know how to communicate well. You're not going to know how to function well, you know, within the way it works. In fact, I had a conversation uh, with my mom the other day. My wife and I are a, a part of a gym that she used to be a part of. And she was talking about things and all. And she basically said, well, do you, do you still have to sign up for the classes and stuff online? There's an app mm-hmm. that's on your phone. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I do as part of my workout is I reserve a, uh, a, a swimming lane. That's my, my favorite cardio slash strength workout is to swim laps. 
and so I'll rent a, uh, not rent, I reserve mm-hmm. a lane for a half hour. And I'll go in and I just punch it in on my phone and it tells me which lane I get and what the time is and boom, I'm good to go. And my mom's immediate statement was, well, you know, I just couldn't, I just couldn't figure out how to do that. And then she stepped back. She said, well, I just didn't want to. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was just an incredibly honest statement. Mm-hmm. What she was saying was she didn't want to pursue that change. Mm-hmm. And because she didn't pursue that change, she ultimately chose a different club. Mm-hmm. And she chose a club that did things more along the way that she wanted it done. But she missed out on all of these other features that mm-hmm. this particular gym offered. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we don't pursue change, what we're doing is we're choosing a different club. Yeah. You know, well, you know, I, I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to keep my stuff up to date on RefQuest and Arbiter and on Blue Zebra and on, you know, whatever else somebody's using as a stuff. Okay. Well, you don't, you don't have to pursue that change. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But now you may not be able to work for that league that's now using RefQuest. Yeah. Because you don't want to pursue the change of dealing with one more assigning platform. Right. You know, and it's it's also, if we don't pursue that change or, or understand that change, we don't, so, so let's, let's just say in, in a situation to where, like your, is it your, your. My mom. Mom. Yep. Okay. So your mom said she chose a different club because yep. it was more conducive to how she felt comfortable. Yep. Perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. There is nothing saying in two months, club owner comes in and go, hey, we're going to go just like the other club. We're yep. going all online. Now, instead of her already being two months into the change and embracing that change, she's right back to where she started and going, man, now what do I do? Yep. You know, we spend all this time. Like, I got to look for another club that does this. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's that's the mistake. We don't realize that is our mistake. And then we find ourselves at, you know, whatever, 85 years old going, I can't do anything mm-hmm. because I did not embrace the change as it came, as it comes to me daily. Yeah. So. You know, and, and we see this in sports all the time. You know, you'll have a guy, hey, I don't go out. I don't go out on balls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't do that. I always come in. Well, why? Well, because that's the way we've always done it. And mm-hmm. it's easier. This, well, But no, that's that's not the protocol for now. Yeah. You know, now we go out on a trouble ball. If there's a ball threatening the fence. We go. Yeah. You know, in basketball. You know, well, I don't like that new mechanic, so I'm going to do the old mechanic. Yeah, put your fist up on a charge fault. That's right. Yeah, we didn't. I don't like doing that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Listen, that's the change. That's right. You know, and I and I'm going to go back to baseball for a second. I remember when I first started baseball. You know, when I when I got out of the game, third base extended at the plate was just where you were, and you never moved, and you stayed right there, and you saw all the play. Mm-hmm. Well, quickly I learned that I had to embrace the change of now I'm working this this wedge and I'm curling with that play as that play goes around. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Ooh, this is really nice. I can see a lot of things here, you know, and, and, and it's, you know, opposed to, you know, on tag plays, you know, you want to stick your nose in there and get, you know, see that play because tag plays don't blow up on you. Mm -hmm. It's the force plays that blow up on you. And I'm like, Oh, there's another change, you know, because it was always about keeping the distance, keeping the distance. And, if I wouldn't embrace that change, I, I would have been swimming upstream, yep. <laughs> basically, on on how I was umpiring. I still may have got games, sure. but I wouldn't have been looked at as a serious player in umpiring if I wouldn't have changed that. Yeah. And, you know, the, when we pursue change, mm-hmm. it becomes so much easier to embrace it. Yep. 
And, you know, we hear that all the time, embrace change, mm-hmm. accept change, whatever. I think this, I think that action word that we have here is so important. If we are actually pursuing, what's the next change that's coming down the pike? Yeah. I want to be an early adopter, mm-hmm. not a late adopter. Yeah. Then we're on the front edge mm-hmm. of that change mm-hmm. rather than bringing up the rear of the parade. It, it just, it just jogged a, a thought. How many times do we talk to someone and they go, let's just say it, an umpire. Hey, listen, you know, I didn't uh, do the, uh, I didn't, I didn't do the rules test or I didn't watch the IHSA 30 minute video. Right. And they, and they know that you did, or I did. And they come up and say, everything still same as last year. They, they say it all the time. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's what they'll say. It, and I'm going to challenge you to instead tell me what's changed. Because if, even a simple phrase like that, to say, hey, everything's the same as last year, that means you don't want the change. Mm-hmm. Tell me what's changed because I want to know. Yeah. If we can just ask those questions, you know, I'm thinking about as I go into the gym, right? You go into the gym and, you know, what what do we do? We, you know, give the nod to the guy or the girl behind the counter and we scan and we go in, right? What would be wrong? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. With stopping and talking to the lady behind the counter, hey, anything, any changes coming up? Anything going to be changing here? Looking for some change, you know what? Maybe there's something that's here that I didn't that I didn't know got added. Mm-hmm. What what's changed so far last month? You know, I think that would be a great way to approach that, and then maybe even take that into if I haven't seen Chad Ozzy in a while. Hey, what's changed in your life? Yep. You know what's changed? Yeah, I like Just a that. thought. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Now, number three on our list is something that I think we hear all the time, and especially within the world of officiating, we hear this because. Um, we we have to own what we do. Yeah, you know we own our calls, uh, we own our calendars. We all, but this idea it, step number three is own responsibility. Mm-hmm. That means really take ownership of 
what we have done or not done. Sure. Those things that we're responsible for. And, and and I know you even think a little deeper into this one, Jeff. So tell us, you know, when you hear this own responsibility, what what's your thought process? Well, my first thought process is not just own responsibility. It's it's take on the full responsibility of everything that happens. Mm. Instead okay. of looking, you know, if we just, if, if our first instinct is to take on the responsibility, the full responsibility of it, it's easier for us to get over that hurdle. Mm. When we're blaming others for something that's happened, we can't get past our, it takes longer because mm-hmm. we're spending all this energy trying to convince someone that it was their fault. Yeah. I mean, let's just take full responsibility because what could we have done differently? You know, and, and when we were talking before, you know, and if we if, uh, rewind to my car accident, mm-hmm. by the law, it was the person that I hit their responsibility. But if I take full responsibility on what could I have done differently to avoid this accident, maybe I could have been going 60, not 70. Maybe I could have been, maybe I could have took Route 24 instead of Route 80. You know, all these things. Maybe I could have left, you know, maybe I could have... Um, left sooner, you know, instead of having to drive in the night. Maybe I could have stayed overnight in a hotel. Take on full responsibility for what happened that maybe next time it might change. There's no guarantees for that, but I think it's just easier, at least for me, when I take on full responsibility for all these things, I don't get hung up on them. They don't, I don't, if they happen on a Monday, they're gone on a Monday. If I take full responsibility, learn from that mistake, learn from that scenario. Well, and I think there's a difference between, um, owning responsibility and blaming yourself. I agree. I agree. So when, when we start blaming, what happens is we tend to move down a, a, a either a, a road towards denial mm-hmm. or a, a shame spiral. You know, it's, it's kind of one of those two things. So if I'm, you know, if I am, if I'm blaming myself, that does me just as much good as blaming someone else. Very, Blame very well is not what we're looking for here. Mm-hmm. Because blame is about just being able to say it and forget it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that cop had a speed trap set up. So it's his fault. I got a ticket. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's my fault for getting a ticket because I was driving too fast. I was speeding. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I was speeding. But so that would be me blaming the cop. Or, oh my gosh, I'm such an idiot. I was driving fast and now now I don't have money to take my wife out for dinner this weekend. And now I don't have this. And now, and now I end up in this whole shame spiral from blaming myself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so then I don't really learn from that. Right. You know, because now I'm, I'm blaming and I'm just mad and mm-hmm. I'm experiencing those emotions and then I shuffle it away. Whereas the, the best way to deal with that, like you said, is to own the responsibility of my actions. Absolutely. Officer, I was driving too fast. I shouldn't have been doing that. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what the reason was. Sure. I was in a hurry to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't paying attention to the speedometer. Whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I was late for a game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, right. Whatever those things are, when I own responsibility and I look at it, now I can make the necessary changes. Yeah. You know what? Tomorrow I need to leave 30 minutes earlier so I don't feel like I'm rushed getting to my game. Mm-hmm. You know? Man, I, I wasn't paying attention. 
I need to set the cruise tomorrow. So I know, yeah. I know exactly what I'm, what I'm doing or mm-hmm. where I'm going, you know? So instead of blaming others or even ourselves, mm-hmm. because I think that happens, owning responsibility means, like you said, that full weight of responsibility. Mm-hmm. We take that on for the purpose of learning and growing and developing from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's for both good things and bad. Yeah. I, I would even to take it a step further, and I know we have some law enforcement people that listen, when when you get pulled over and the driver owns responsibility for what they've done, they're more apt to understand. Not always. Sure. No different than we're officiating. You own the responsibility. You know, when, when a play happens, let's just say there's a no call on a play. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not in my primary, okay? But if I own and they're asking me about it and say, listen, that's my fault. I should have rotated over so I could have helped on that play. I should have been there. That's owning it. Mm-hmm. That coach is going to you know, probably still be upset regardless. But they understand that you've owned the situation and you're looking to improve from there. It goes, it goes a long, long way in your development as you move forward from game to game or from speed limit to speed limit, from cop to cop. I had a baseball game just the other night. I was on the plate. Um, This is an independent minor league uh, game where one of the two teams is still in contention for the playoffs. Mm. Big, big game. And that team that's in contention was down. We were top of sixth or seventh inning. I forget which one. Player comes up to bat on a 3-1 count. Ball comes in high. And I do what every umpire does when they see a ball come in high. <laughs> For whatever reason, I called a strike. Mm. I it was one of those things like the moment it came out of my mouth, yeah. I was like, "What have I just done? Right. Oh my goodness!" Yeah. And the batter was obviously upset. Mm-hmm. And the batter had a, a few choice words to say and was angry at all, but then just got right back to work. And the interesting thing was, he never once directed his anger or frustration at me. Mm-hmm. No, he was. He, sure. he was frustrated at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he didn't direct it at me. He handled it like a pro. Mm-hmm. He didn't try to show me up right. or anything like that. He just got back to bat. And so now this guy who should be standing on first base is now at the plate with two strikes. Yeah. With the potential to be out. Mm-hmm. Now, next pitch comes in. He gets a base hit up the middle. So... You'd think, oh, okay, well now everything's right with the world because he'd rather have a hit than a, you know, than a walk. Sure. Except he's still ticked because yeah. I put him in a bad situation. He ends up ending the inning. Um, he goes over and grabs his his glove and hat, and as he's trotting out second base, he looks down towards me. I caught eye contact with him. I patted my chest. Mm-hmm. I said, "That's on me." Mm-hmm. That's all I said. It's on me. He comes up to bat now in the top of the ninth. They're still down. Uh, The catcher was out talking to the pitcher uh, Mm. about something real quick. And so as I'm riding on my card that there's a trip going out there, I looked at the batter. I said, hey, thanks for handling my mistake the right way. You said that to him. I said that to him. Mm -hmm. Thanks for handling my mistake Mm -hmm. the right way. Now, I was owning responsibility. It was my mistake. Mm-hmm. But I was also thanking him <laughs> You're right. for, for handling it the right way. Because he, he, he would have had every right to be upset, but he would not have had the right to deal with it the wrong way. Sure. 
I could have ended up with an ejection over that very easily mm -hmm. that would have been a warranted ejection had he done something incorrect. Mm -hmm. But it would have been predicated on my mistake, mm -hmm. you know. And so what I what I love about that idea of owning full responsibility, the way you, you use that word, that doesn't just mean going, yes, I made a mistake. I need to learn from it. Mm -hmm but also acknowledging to those around us their role when we get the opportunity to learn from mistakes. Yeah. Because he handled it the right way, I'm more likely to learn from that mistake. If he just blown up at me or whatever, it would have been easy for me to then just brush it off. Ah, that, that was a strike and he just acted a fool and blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, but accepting responsibility, owning responsibility. That is that is just so huge. Well, and you knew it right away. Sure. You you took internal ownership of it right away. Yeah. You didn't take verbal ownership until until three innings later. Mm -hmm. So, and that's that's probably one thing we need to mention. Listen, just because we make a mistake doesn't mean we need to make a Facebook post say we made a mistake. That's right. <laughs> you know, we could take internal ownership for it right away. Yeah. And, and see how we're going to move from there, and then as you speak to the people involved. You can in you know bring them into the fold. Yeah, yeah. So. No, I think that's great. Yeah. Step number four yeah, yeah. Uh, to uncommon strength, and uh, I I think this one is going to be. Uh, I know it's my favorite mm. of the four, mm. um, and I will I will tell you why. Uh, a couple of years ago, um, I just kind of had as a a mantra for me and my kids. Um, we. We brought it out one year at Christmas, and then we said, you know what? This is going to be our theme for the entire year. And the year that we picked was the year of the pandemic, mm -hmm. having no clue that's what was upon us <laughs> <laughs> when it happened, right? You know, pandemic starts, you know, like really coming out full force like February yeah, of that right. year. Yeah. And we had chosen in December to have this as our mantra. And our mantra was choose joy. Okay. And it was the idea with us that, okay, look, you know, we, we get so many options out in front of us every single day. You know, we can choose to be bitter. We can choose to be upset. We can choose to be down. We mm -hmm. can, but you know what? Let's just make, let's make a conscious decision to choose joy. Yeah. Because the truth is there's joy around us all the time. And as uh, Jeff and I were looking at this list, Jeff brought this idea that I really love because I, I think a lot of us do choose joy. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there are things that we find joyful. But step number four is not choose joy. Yep, I agree. Step yeah. number four is protect joy. Mm. Jeff, what does it mean to protect joy? Yeah, you know, the, the, the first thing that comes to my mind is when, when we think of protect joy, it's not just about me being joyful. It's about me understanding that you're joyful, mm. and I and, and okay. If you're joyful, I don't want to take away from your joy to show you my joy. If if we're truly protecting joy, and you know, as you say, for Christmas you said let's let's choose joy. Then everyone in the room or everyone in that family Christmas needs to protect it. Yeah. So, we I think we're all guilty of choosing joy or when we choose joy we just want everyone to hear about our joy mm. we don't want to hear about your joy and if you start to share your joy i'm going to stop you and give you my joy which is better than your joy yep. that's where the mistakes can be happening so if we can protect it so when we see someone joyful chad ozy right at christmas they're joyful then if i'm if i'm truly going to be a protector of joy then i'm going to let you have all the joy you want Maybe even bring it up again. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. What else are we missing here? So I think 
that's what I ultimately what I mean by protecting joy because we see it. We see it on both sides. We just sometimes get involved in the joy that we have and we want to share it, which most people want to sh- want to hear your joy. Yeah. But if we can all protect it, I think we're better off. Well, and I'll tell you, personally, I don't have an issue when, you know, if, if I share my joy with you and you turn around and share your joy with me, that doesn't diminish my joy. Right. That, you know, I don't feel like it's a one-up. Man, how great. You know, mm-hmm. we, we both are experiencing great things. To me, the struggle is when we're not necessarily feeling good about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so we begin to rob someone of joy because we don't like the fact that we're not joyful. Right. You know, um, I had a couple friends this year that got picked up in leagues that I would have loved to have gotten picked up in. Mm-hmm. Would have loved to. Have, have I mentioned that? I would have loved to have gotten <laughs> picked up in those leagues. And I did not get picked up in those leagues. Okay. Take ownership of that. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. fully taking ownership. <laughs> now, here's the thing, though. It would have been very easy for me to turn to somebody and go, well, why did they get that? Right? Why did they get that opportunity and I didn't? Well, I'm you might say, well, that's not that's not, you know, taking away from their joy. Mm-hmm. Well, it is if they hear about that conversation later. You know, they're talking to so, well, you know, so and so was, you know, like they couldn't believe you got that opportunity. We don't know how that stuff gets back to people. Um, you know, and I, I think it's so important for us, you know, I I got immediately in contact with those people. Man, congratulations. How, because that's protecting their joy. That's right. Because some of their friends with me and they knew I wanted that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so now instead of them having to worry about, oh, is Chad upset mm-hmm. because I got an opportunity that he didn't, now they know, no, Chad is thrilled for you. Mm-hmm. Chad's excited for you. This is a great thing. And I think that happens so many different ways. You know, you've got, uh, you got a, a friend that has a, a brand new favorite restaurant. Oh, have you tried such and such? Man, it's such a great place. Oh, I, I hate Indian food. Okay. You're not yeah. protecting their nope. joy. Right. Hey, you know what? I've never eaten there, but that sounds awesome. Yeah. It's real simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not hard to protect someone's joy. Yeah. And I, sometimes we just don't understand that they're in joy. Ah. You know, we... Because we're so maybe unhappy with, you know, I don't like Indian food. Well, mm-hmm. we're losing fact, losing sight of, hey, this person's joyful about Indian food. Yeah. They want to try it. Um, so that's that's where we, you know, we can take that first step, understanding that, hey, they are going through it. So we got to be able to identify someone's having joy. Oh, that's, they're they're happy about what they're choosing. Let's Let's identify that so I can protect that for them so they can tell me more. Because ultimately, no one wants to hear about your joy unless you're willing to listen to them about their joy. Yeah. And you know what, folks? When we look at this list, these four steps to uncommon strength, this one I really think is is more uncommon than even the others. Mm. I think so many times we see joy as being a competition. Yep. You know, right. somebody, than you. somebody yeah. tells a story, mm-hmm. I got to tell a better story. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can still tell my story without having to one up them. Yeah. Oh man, that's so great that happened for you. You know, I I was really blessed this week. Such and such happened. Mm-hmm. And how how great that we both had really awesome things happen to us this yep. week. Now we're sharing and protecting joy rather than going, oh well, that's nothing. Hear what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I mean? Well, and it's I, a different I, way of sharing that. That's right. And I often I often think of it as recipes. Mm-hmm. You know, my 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 grandma makes the best. 
green bean casserole. If you tell it to someone and they turn around and go, you know what's even better? Huh. You know? Yep. My grandma, who's, or not my grandma, you know, my mother-in-law, who's 87, you know, she deserves a little bit, you know, let me share the joy here of yep. what, what she does. Instead, we go, you know what, you know, I got one even better. This is even better. So um, recognize when that joy is in front of you, then we can protect it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I heard a, a guy several years ago, uh, he went to the, the NCAA clinic that we have every year for baseball. And uh, baseball and basketball, a little bit different. Once you've worked a, a World Series for baseball, uh, most guys uh, choose to purchase a, a World Series ring. Okay. Uh, it happens at the JUCO level, NAI level, D3, D2, D1. And so we're sitting there during the clinic, and all of a sudden a guy looks over at someone and says, oh, my gosh, you worked the World Series. Not to me, the guy that was sitting in between us. Mm -hmm. says, you worked the World Series. And, and the guy next to me said, oh, it was just D3. Okay, that was his statement. Just Now, what he was trying to say is, hey, I'm, I'm not one of the Omaha guys. Like, you know, I'm not trying to claim that yeah. or whatever. But the guy's response was so awesome. He said, don't say that. Are you kidding me? Do you know how awesome it is that you're a World Series umpire? Mm -hmm. So what he did was he protected that umpire's joy. Yeah. That, that guy was proud of the fact that he'd worked the D3 World Series. That's why he's wearing the ring. Mm -hmm. I mean, where else do we get to wear those things? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. It's, it's the only place people know what the ring is. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> right. You're around a bunch of other umpires. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so how awesome. And so that guy protected his joy. Man, be proud of the fact that you got that ring to wear. Mm -hmm. Who cares if it was D3, D2, D1, NAI, JUCO? If you're one of the last people working at the end of the year on a winner-take-all game, yeah. man, that is big deal. Mm -hmm. you know. And so he protected that guy's joy. That is so uncommon yeah. in the world that we live. So, Jeff, let's just recap these for everybody today. Um, first of all, if, if you want to take steps to find uncommon strength, and this is not just as an official, but this is if you want to find uncommon strength in life. Number one, we want you to accept fear, accept that it is a natural part of life and you can choose to let it move you to action or you can choose to let it paralyze you. Yep. And when you accept it and allow it to move you to action, the opportunity for regret in your life will be minimized. Mm. And that's going to, to keep you on the track towards uncommon success. Number two is we don't want you to just accept change. Mm -hmm. We don't even want you to just embrace change. We want you to pursue That's right. change. We want you to actively be looking for changes around you. Be anticipating it. Be expecting it in such a way that you're on the front end. You're an early adopter and you can help lead other people mm -hmm. through that change. You yeah. can be just like Jeff said. You can be the first one looking at those rule changes and here we go. Yep, yep I'll help you figure this out. Mm -hmm. And you make yourself indispensable yeah. when you're somebody that will pursue change. Number three, we want you to own responsibility. And as Jeff said, full the full weight of responsibility. Own your part mm -hmm. in what has taken place. And by doing that, you are going to learn, you're going to grow, and you're going to find the level of respect that other people have for you just exponentially grows. Yeah. And then lastly, like we just said, we want you to protect joy. Protect joy in your own life. Don't let other people steal your joy. Mm. Don't let them be joy suckers out of your life. <laughs> That's right. Careful. <laughs> you know? But at the same time, 
protect the joy in others. Mm-hmm. Let celebrate with them. Celebrate them yeah. in front of others. And look for ways to protect joy because our, our world needs every little bit of joy that we can find. Yep. And uh, as you're hearing, as we're recording the end of this episode, it is pouring rain outside. And that means there's baseball games that aren't going to get played today. And yeah. there's some kid that's disappointed because he was finally going to get to start on the baseball team today. Right. But there's a farmer down the road that is jumping up and down joyful because he's mm-hmm. finally got some water on his crops. Right. There's going to be joy someplace today. Mm-hmm. Find that joy, protect it, and celebrate Yeah, search it out. Just a little FYI, it looks like I'm taking the golf cart home in the rain again. <laughs> Let's find the joy. So you can all you can all find the joy in just imagining a sopping wet, soaked to the bone That's Jeff right. Cross mm-hmm. flying through Aroma Park yeah. on his golf cart uh, through the monsoon that is happening outside uh, the windows right now. Just so you know, that's what you know. Jeff Cross always looks his best in a wet T-shirt. So, <laughs> <laughs> and if you've been listening, it's it's a wet cross. It's a Jeff Cross in a wet TT. <laughs> oh, that's right. TT. Everybody knows a TT. That's right. Everybody knows a TT. Hey, folks, we hope that you've enjoyed this time. We always want to be conscious of your time. Uh, we we know that by you choosing to take time to listen to this podcast, that you're, you're giving up your time, whether it's yeah. that windshield time while you're heading to or from a game, whether it's as you're prepping for the day or winding down at the end of the day. Um, we appreciate you taking the time to do this. If this is something that's valuable to you, we would love for you to share it with others. Yes, please. Uh, share it on social media. Share it by word of mouth. And please send us your comments, questions, mm-hmm. suggestions. Yep. UncommonDrivePodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Folks, it's great being with you as you pursue success in uncommon ways. See y'all. See you. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. 
And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.